Hey, everybody, and thanks for joining us for another episode of the Patient Convert podcast. I'm really excited. We're talking orthopedic marketing today, and I have a, a, a friend and longtime client of ours, Christy Parker with Tennessee Orthopedic Clinic. So thank you so much for joining us, Christy. I'm really excited to talk orthopedic marketing. It's kind of the lifeblood of our agency and obviously what you've been doing for years and years and years. So before we get started, introduce yourself, Christy, and tell us a little bit about what you do day in and day out at Tennessee Ortho. I'm just really excited to be here too. Thank you for inviting me. This is um, a lot of fun, I think. And it's um, it's a fun topic, very interesting topic. I've been with Tennessee Orthopedic Clinics for 15 years now. And um, I actually started with them handling work comp outreach and marketing and and, and also some ancillary lines. So anybody that's in a private practice knows you have to wear a lot of hats, I think. And throughout the years, I have taken over all of the internal marketing functions and um, also have handled and still manage some of our niche care relationships and some of the strategy there. Meaning, you know, some of those big payers just working through that. And that gives me a kind of a unique view of what's going on in our marketplace. And it helps me adjust some of our messaging as well. So it, it's a unique position. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> but definitely get to have my hands in a lot of things. For sure. And I, and I think every admin listening can can appreciate the many hats that somebody like yourself wears because we have seen it through large mergers that y'all have had happen in recent years and handling everything from even getting involved with credentialing outside of marketing and everything, which is which is admirable. And the practice is very fortunate to have you. To jump in into the marketing side, I'd love to hear kind of at a 30,000 foot view, because this obviously can be applicable for any any large or wanting to grow surgical practice, but specifically to orthopedics. What are y'all doing, again, at a high level departmentally to grow from a marketing effort standpoint? And what are the big focuses kind of now? Our, our big focus and has been for several years is access. I think early on, we saw that several, several years ago, that healthcare was becoming more patient driven. And it was important to not just rely on fostering those relationships with our referring primary care offices, which are still very, very important, but to also make sure that the public knew that they had direct access mm-hmm. to That's orthopedic right. specialists. Yeah. And every year our management team, when we're outlining our goals, we always have an access goal in mind. How can we increase access in some way? How do we make things easier for our patients to receive care? Um, so I think that's been a big indicator of our success and the growth over the last couple of years. That that makes a lot of sense. And because this is obviously something that we work together on kind of day in and day out, week in and week out on the TOC side. But what have you seen? And, and y'all have been not only early adopters, but huge proponents of using digital marketing to connect with patients, which I still think there's a, been a huge lag in orthopedics because it was so heavily centered on referral relationships being the lifeblood. So talk to me about kind of what that journey has looked like for y'all as you really have fully leaned in and gotten really the whole everybody in-house on board with 
using digital marketing to not only connect with patients and and communicate the access that y'all provide, but also drive new growth and new patients? Yeah, it's it's funny when you say that because I think back, I think it was 10, it was either 10 or 12 years ago mm-hmm. when we decided we were going to have a Facebook page. Wow. And when you say, right, when you say healthcare marketing. <laughs> Before it's come, it's crazy. I know, right? Right. And you say healthcare marketing lags behind it. 100% does. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, I remember going through that process and going to the C-suite and saying, we need we need social media pages. And mm-hmm. they were like, huh? <laughs> what are you talking about? Well, it, and I think it starts, it starts there, but that's a good a good way to sort of visualize marketing as a whole with healthcare, but just things like that to understand that, you know, I always say we want to meet our patients where they're at. And if our patients are on social media, then that's where we need to be. And the messages need to be tailored to what they're looking for at that spot. Obviously, education sources on our website is huge. I've been working with your team on that extensively because people more so now are researching their own ailments and aches and pains, and they want to understand what their options are before they walk into an office. You know, it used to be that 75 to 80% of the patients we, we saw were coming straight from their primary care offices. And that's not the case anymore. Mm-hmm. People rely on more walk-in type clinics and telemedicine. And they, the, I would garner to say the relationships with the primary care isn't as significant when it comes to those referrals as it used to be. And so we have to put out there what they are looking for and we need to be able to answer their questions and um, just make ourselves as approachable as possible. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. What do you think today in kind of moving forward in orthopedic practice, listening to this and looking kind of at their their books and where their patients are coming from should be thinking about in terms of that ratio, like you said, 70, 80, some probably are even up at 90% if they're really not using their website and digital marketing and even community relations building outside of physician liaison work. Where do you think is a sweet spot and a realistic kind of goal, say now and over the next three to five years that they need to get to to really protect the practice as as things get more vertically integrated and, and health systems get by uh, practices, all that type of stuff. Where do you think that sweet spot lies? You know, I'd like to see 75% direct. Wow. Yeah, that is referral. It's so crazy. Even linking three to five years ago, that number was honestly an outrageous conversation a little bit to have in orthopedics. Like how is somebody going to get to 75% direct patient acquisition? I absolutely think it can be done. And I think we're, we're seeing that in some other aspects like you know, you look at some of these independent therapy locations. I was just speaking with a therapist, not mm-hmm. with our group, with another group who was saying that, you know, that's that's what their goal is. That's where they're almost at, where people are just taking, they're taking ownership of, of their care and they're making the decisions on their own. And I think as, you know, we talk about the millennials a lot, although mm-hmm. the millennials are, They've got you the know, purchasing power now. They're controlling yes. the market. They really are. 
And they millennials are not 25 year olds anymore. They're 40 year olds. And that's, I think, <laughs> a hard thing to think about too, because I'm in that age group and, and closing in on that, that direction. It's, they are, they are the consumer you're going after now, which is, which is odd. They are, and their needs are different and, mm-hmm. um, they have different expectations. And so now as they are entering those stages where maybe they are starting to look for care for themselves, or for their children. They're growing children, their middle school children and high yeah, school children. Yeah, exactly. Or their elderly parents. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. The, they are looking for something that makes sense for them. And um, I think that goes right back to the transparency, the ease of access, the education, which is sort of our foundation, I think, with what we've done with all of our communications and marketing. Yeah, absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. And and even that number alone, which is what you talked about, kind of proves and shows there really has been a cataclysmic shift in the thinking of the patient and just the whole healthcare ecosystem to even be able to achieve in a surgical practice like yourself, 75% direct patient just shows that the patient is in control of their own healthcare journey now and not just going to their PCP for every recommendation. They're like seeking just like in e-commerce product where they're going and seeking out the, the people that are that are meeting them where they're at, like you talked about earlier. Right, definitely. Yeah, that's fantastic. So talk, talk to me about on that side, and you had mentioned it, the the growth of the walk-in clinic model. I mean, y'all were, were kind of early adopters of that and, and it has really exploded and boomed even as y'all have opened up a new large location in, in, in Sevierville. But how that has helped aid that goal of 75% and orthos that are out there that are not doing a walk-in clinic, what is your advice that you have and what you've seen that help the practice and also marketing it? Well, I mean, I think I take a really personal approach to, to we, we call it our quick care clinics mm-hmm. because I think about myself, I'm a, a tad, I'm not a millennial, <laughs> I'm a tad over that, <laughs> but I think to myself, well, okay, if I need to get in to see somebody about you know, this, I just turned my ankle. I'm really not sure. I don't know. It's probably, probably not broken, but there's definitely something wrong with it. I'm not going to go to the PCP because I know enough to know that that's probably not the place to be for that. Mm -hmm. I don't want to go to an ER. That's just for numerous reasons. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. For all the reasons I do not want to go into an ER. And I'm thinking to myself, well, if I, am I going to call? Am I going to get an appointment with somebody? Um, it doesn't really make sense to do a walk-in where... Now if you go to a general urgent care, yeah. they're going to do the same thing as a PCP. Uh, you need to go see a specialist. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So to say, you know, for me then to get on Google and say, ortho quick care or emergency ortho, and for our clinics to be the first thing that pops up, which they are, which is exciting... And just to understand, okay, I can literally walk into there. Somebody is going to look at me, an orthopedic specialist. They've got x-ray on hand. They're going to let me know if I need something more than than an x-ray. Maybe I need an MRI. Maybe I need to stabilize it with a boot. It, it just makes sense. And our first quick care that we opened up is actually in one of our medical, one of, one of our MOBs. And it's done really well. It took a little, it took a while to take off. And I'm trying to remember what year that was, eight, eight, nine years ago, I think. Wow, yeah, so that was really early on. Yeah. Yeah, and and 
people were like, oh, okay, I don't quite understand this. And it was yeah. education, education, mm-hmm. education. Yep. No, you can literally just walk in and we will take care of you. You know, oh, well, do I need a referral from my insurance? No, not really. I think there's maybe one or two insurance insurers that we have to get a referral from, but they're few and far in between. And just to have that ease of access and to also ease your own mind, like I'm going to, I'll run over there after work, I'll get this checked out. And then to feel like if you need a care plan established, we do it from that point on. Mm-hmm. Um, I mentioned the MOB piece because that involves also some of that, okay, I'm going to go park in a parking garage and then I have to take the elevator and so on yeah. and so forth. And what we're finding over right before COVID hit, we opened a freestanding quick care clinic. So you could just like a little call a boutique clinic. You you just drive up to the front door literally and walk in. There's no no elevators, no parking garages. And our patients loved that. That was really a game changer, like having that yeah, kind of that dedicated space. Dedicated space. They can go in. It's small, but it has everything they need. Physical therapy. And then we have some doctors that see patients in that location, sort of a, a secondary location for the doctors. But that was huge. That took a minute to take off because COVID hit two months after we opened the clinic. <laughs> but I can now honestly say it's it's doing fantastic. And then we just opened our third in Sevierville, standalone. Um, we did a lot of pre-marketing, pre-discussion about it. We also made sure to put it on a busy roadway mm-hmm. and, you know, make sure that all the signage on that building was on point and explained exactly what the service was. I love and it. it's literally just almost launching itself. It's it's amazing. One what this fantastic about the model too is it's it takes a lot of weight off of the surgeons in terms of the di- the front end diagnosis. They're really getting almost pre vetted patients because they come into the urgent care. They're seeing an orthopedic trained specialist um, at a mid level that it can diagnose and put a care plan in place. And if it is the right move to see an orthopedic surgeon. The orthopedic surgeon knows walking into the clinic room, I've got a patient that is either in need of surgery or they need something reset or whatever that case may be versus having kind of going in and out of clinic rooms and and having to to handle a lot of the front end diagnosis stuff too. Yes, 100%. And our specialists are, they round with all of our doctors. They train under all the specialties. And we've been very fortunate. We've got some great specialists in our in our quick care on our quick care team there, and they they kind of see it all. It's a, I bet, it's yeah. A, especially being on the front lines, like in urgent care, you don't know what you're going to run into in terms of injury, yeah, things that happen. Yeah, I kind of laugh a little bit sometimes that when we get really really busy, and I'll, you know, we'll go by the clinic, and it's like a mass unit. <laughs> like, they <laughs> just don't know, little, yeah. like. All right, possible broken ankle over here, dog bite over here. <laughs> yeah, I bet it is kind of like a, an, an ER experience that a specialist like that would never imagine getting into where you're kind of, you're handling all of that stuff to an extent. And mm-hmm. and we love it as, as, as marketers, the urgent care model really was a godsend because it allowed us to do more traditional direct patient style, immediate need marketing 
which really opened the doors wide open to what could be done because then you can talk about like map-based advertising. You can talk about social advertising, video advertising, programmatic display, and geofencing advertising, all of these different things that were being used to great effect in orthopedics, but um, not like they were in the urgent care space. No, definitely not. And you and I, we have our monthly meetings and we try to keep them short, but they always end up with lots of new ideas. Mm-hmm. What else seeing, can we do? Yeah. Yeah. And and seeing some of the data that we're able to look at now with under the digital marketing space is amazing. And to be able to target and really refine your messaging. It, yeah, and absolutely. What's been, yeah. what's been cool too is is we're kind of at a new part in the journey with the Sevierville location opening actually and and getting to test the waters on that side by using OTT and CTV advertising, which if the listeners don't know what that is, Hulu is always a bad example because they have their own platform. But if most people have watched Hulu, if you watch Hulu and you see an ad come up, that is a version of OTT and CTV advertising. It's on-demand ads. But what's different than doing a local commercial with that is because it is on demand, you can be very strategic in your geographical targeting as well as your demographical targeting, which is a huge advantage because it's substantially cheaper and you can be much more laser focused on who you're presenting ads to. So if you're watching Discovery Plus or ESPN on demand, you see a commercial, that is where you can drop in and do what feels very much like a commercial ad. And what's been actually really interesting, and we're only a couple weeks end really to the journey is is the cause and effect that we've seen on the search ad side, which again goes back to the power of brand visibility and education is we're having what we are deducing is people are seeing these commercial ads, but then they're turning to search to ultimately go find the clinic and walk through the doors. So while it's a higher cost per conversion, it's really putting rocket fuel on the immediate need ad that has always been the most effective ad, but it's really accelerated the performance of those. Definitely, definitely. And like you said, we are early into this little trial here that we're doing, but you know, you and I were talking a little bit about, we haven't done television ads in years because you can't track, you can't yeah, track it. It's really it's, impossible. Right. I mean, sure. It, it's great for maybe brand awareness, but you don't really know exactly how much awareness it's bringing. Mm-hmm. So we just haven't done them in years. And it was really exciting to work on projects, uh, putting our assets together with that team and thinking through, you know, we we are going to be getting this back in front of people watching TV as, you know, I think you see a lot of people cutting the cord on cable and turning to streaming services. Just another good example of meeting people where they're at mm-hmm. and, and yeah. understanding your target markets and, and what are they doing right now. So I'm really excited to see the data come in on that and just how that plays out. I think it's going to be great. Yeah, same here. So switching gears just a little bit, because it's actually a topic that you recently talked on at the, at the AAOE conference, is what y'all have done which has been fun too, because it was kind of a, we've obviously used it, but not at this scale on the website chat side. Because obviously you like many when COVID happened and everything switched to phone calls, all of a sudden there was an inundation that was trying to constantly play catch up and hire enough staff to handle all the phone volume, which is just astronomical at a practice your size, is talk a little bit, give an abbreviated version of what you spoke on in kind of your web chat case study for orthos out there looking to 
reduce some of the weight and burden off of whether it's a call center or a location-based model and use another, again, meeting patients where they're at form of communication to triage patients, rebook patients, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So this all, we had been looking into a chat function on our website for a, a little while, a couple of years now. It's been on my radar. When COVID hit, everything, uh, like all practices saw, it just, everything just sort of fell apart. We had to get all of our staff at home, working from home. We had to transfer, switch our patients from in-person to telemedicine as much as we could because, gosh, I mean, you know, everybody had to be six feet apart and yeah, it, it was, was yeah. I mean, flashbacks, I'm having flashbacks. But what we saw was that patients even more so were turning to our website and turning to our socials for information because it was changing every day. Mm-hmm. Do you need a mask? Do you not need a mask? What are we doing? What's happening? And our call center was struggling just keeping up with even just some basic information. We knew that people were going to our website, but it, there was obviously more we could do there. So really the whole thought process with starting MedChat was that it was just another tool that we could use when, when we kind of decided what that was going to look like. We had, you know, different topics on there, COVID, quick care, you know, and then the user could decide what they needed to know more about and um half of that was sort of bot driven and then the other half was drip is driven by one of our team members here in the scheduling department we found that there was a subset of people that absolutely utilized that utilize it often sometimes they'll be on the phone calling us and chatting with us at the same (laughs) time right so also, an interesting thing, I don't know if I mentioned this to you, Justin, during that time period, we expected that our call volumes would drop because thinking maybe it would be cannibalized a bit by the chat functionality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's actually not what happened. Our call volumes actually continued to grow throughout that process. But I just think it's it's another tool for patients to yeah. feel like they can get in touch with us. Direct access, like you said, is that they have, and that's, I think, one of the most frustrating things, like even I I deal with chronic migraines and and trying to get a neurologist on the phone is like, I don't even want to go down that whole entire rabbit hole, but that's not probably one of the most frustrating things is patients want to feel heard and feel like they do have access, um, whether it's as simple as like getting patient records or getting a script refill or or asking a question about a post-surgical recovery thing so they don't have to just walk right into the practice. I mean, all of that stuff, again, it's all about bridging bridging that with patients and that creates lifetime patient loyalty. And And you're not talking about little volume. I mean, you guys are booking like hundreds and hundreds of patients every month, right? Through that? Yes, we are. And I'm trying to think about 50% of those are new patients to wow. the practice. Wow. Yeah. And, that, and that is a huge number because you you would assume that it's a lot of like rebook, quick in and out conversations. And 50% of all of those are all new patients. It just shows you the power of having, again, several communication level options. All right. So I'd like to ask for... Got a, got two more kind of questions. Uh, one of them is which a, a lot of admins deal with, is, which is 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 a challenge and a, obviously a tremendous thing, especially with um, the crew on the orthopedic surgeons and the board and all that that you guys have. And we actually chatted about this when we were at the AOE. Just uh, the longevity of the staff just it proves just how good of a culture that y'all have. But obviously, and we've talked about it a lot. 
getting the physicians involved in the marketing is is essential and critical balancing that, but also balancing expectations from a bureaucracy standpoint, because you always have a subset that really don't want to be involved, subset that probably want to be too involved, and then a lot that sit in the middle. So how, what advice do you have? Because it is so critical to have them involved, but obviously managing that for other admins that are out there, and especially other marketers um, that are working with surgeons and, and know they need to do that, or they're really struggling to get buy-in from their physicians. What advice do you have for them? Oh, gosh. Okay. That's a loaded question. Love- <laughs> I know you have to tread a little lightly, but it's more on the, how do you, yeah, how do you that- set expectation in terms of being able to, to, to serve those needs? Because there's so many, because you've got the hand surgeon that may want more hand surgeon marketing. You've got the sports guy that wants more sports medicine marketing. And so balancing those and all of the marketing efforts that you have. And then on top of that too, getting them excited and motivated to be involved in the, in the whole marketing process. So from an admin black and white answer on this one, several years ago, it got harder and harder mm-hmm. <laughs> to balance. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. and to balance the expectations for the doctors. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, we want to do a great job for them. Oh, yeah. We want absolutely. them to feel like yep. we've got their back. And it became harder and harder. And so we did need to enlist our senior members, our senior physicians and say, yeah, hey, lean right. on them. We've got to get some guidelines in place here. We're getting bigger. Um, We've got young doctors coming in and they want to launch their own marketing plans, you know, and they don't understand. I take that back. They are, they're thinking about launching their, their own practice. Yeah, in a silo versus the grander picture of everything else that's at play. Right. So we just came up with some good general guidelines that everybody could agree to. Yes, I, I would 100% say start there. If you get to a point where it's hard to start balancing those individual needs versus the practice. We have great relationships with our doctors. I, I literally can't say enough about how kind and supportive all of our doctors are. That helps a lot. That, yeah, that's um, yeah, obviously. But, you know, I think that as far as you, you've got to kind of set the expectation of the goal. You know, I've Sure, we've got still a couple of doctors that really could use a little help in this area or in this area as far as just getting the word out some more. How I try to approach it is, okay, if we have somebody who feels like I want to do more, just to throw it out, like anterior hip Mm -hmm. um, replacements. Okay, well, what can we create that's going to encourage more people to find us for that? And that goes back to education. And then a secondary piece on this we hadn't really touched on, though, is the patient reviews and the patient experiences. And, you know, we all know health grades and book and Google My Business can be the bane of our existence sometimes. If if that's not being, I don't want to use the word managed, but if it's not, if if you're not monitoring that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. um, for sure. It's so, you know, I always kind of say, well, we can get them. You know, we can get the horse to the watering hole here. It's your job to sell them. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah absolutely. <laughs> so I, I kind of take that approach with it. Um, obviously, our new doctors, we've got two new doctors coming in in August. We've already met with them. We've already discussed what are their goals? What do they want to see happening? And then we start crafting their messaging around that to help launch them into the, the community. So I think... Overall, though, that's kind of a long-winded response. I, I think you've just got to get 
make sure you have the support of your of your senior leadership on the physician level. Absolutely, for sure. And hey, it's not a bad thing to take advantage of a doctor who wants to do. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And and I'm sure you're seeing more and more of it as the younger crew come in and and start kind of taking over. Um, and you have new additions that grew up in the tech age of being on board with, hey, I'll get in front of the camera, or I'll do a podcast, or um, I'll do a Facebook Live, and that's exciting too. I bet the guidelines I think is critical though, is in terms of balancing all of that and getting the leaderships. I think that that's great advice too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say that's what's kept us in a positive direction for sure. First- <laughs> I'd love I'd love your take too um before we wrap up uh from your experience obviously this can vary between the makeup of the or, the organization the size all of that different stuff but what have you found in your experience to be the things to keep in house from a marketing standpoint and the things to bring in expertise or support or partnership with somebody in terms of execution that you've seen over, especially the last two or three years, as, as you've even grown your team, that you recommend to other groups um, when they're thinking about scaling up their marketing? So um, when I first started with this group, we were outsourcing our physician liaison team, and they were a great team. And we enjoyed that relationship for several years, about five, five-ish years ago. But when we really saw that a lot of the a lot of the primary care communication back through that outsourced team really had to do with operations. Mm, um, notes like dictation, yep. this, that, so on and so forth. And so when I looked at that, I was like, okay, we're, we're sort of playing the telephone game here. You know, you have a outsourced liaison and then they're like, well, so-and-so is saying this. And then you've got to have somebody else doing digging and understanding yeah. operations yep. and understanding like EHRs. That became pretty clear that we needed to go ahead and move that in-house. And we did at that point. And uh, that was wildly successful, much more successful because it really gave them that one point of communication and resolution. And and if that physician liaison team needed any assistance from the clinic director side or anything like that, they had direct access. They had direct access to the doctors and, and everything. So it made sense. And then kind of moving through that process, you know, as far as website and SEO development, I 100% would outsource that all day long. SEO changes on a literally a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And sure does. you've got to have somebody who knows exactly what's going on. Otherwise, I, I just feel like you're spinning your wheels. So um, we definitely agree with that. Now, on the social media side of things or the, you know, even public relations side of things, I think it's great to have that in-house. And I've just brought somebody in-house to do that. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Because at the end of the day, you got to have, I think, feet on the ground, like interacting with not only the community side, but rec- directly with the physicians. The content development is just so much more powerful when it's coming out of the practice first being created externally and representing what's going on inside of the practice. Exactly. I, I kind of refer to that as having your finger on the pulse of the practice. That's a good way to put and it. I think when you're representing a group like this, 
on, you know, any of those social media sites or PR doing some, some blogging, working with local news, you have to really have a great understanding of what's happening oh, in yeah. the clinics. Oh, yeah. And so we talk about that quite a bit. And I think that's been incredibly, incredibly valuable for us. For just sure. To, just to bring that inside. Yeah, I, I completely agree because it really... It it's really honestly unrealistic or you're just paying an unrealistic level of price to, to be able for an external agency to, to provide that because they can't be there day in and day out and get to know the surgeons and get to know uh, the clinical directors and get to know what the future holds for the growth plans, like all of that stuff. You just that that requires somebody being there day in and day out and 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 really focusing on communicating what sets TOC or whatever the organization is apart and communicating that through social media. I, I completely agree. I think that that's critical. Definitely. And, and another component of that is a lot of our most heavily engaged posts have to do with our staff. So we've got a lot of staff that are, you know, they're looking at our social media and and they're engaging with it. And so we try really to make sure that we're posting content that's going to appeal to them. And uh, I mean, I was at a session talking about, you know, our, our staff is our, that's our, one of our greatest tools in our marketing back. Yeah, for sure. And so that was something that was a little surprising to see, but it makes sense at the end of the day, you know? Oh, it does. It, it definitely does. Especially when you have the reach in terms of your size, you have so many multipliers pretty much of staff that will help tell that story far and wide. And they all have family, they all have local relationships. And, and when you have a good company culture, like y'all have developed, they're more than happy to participate in that and, and their experience that they're having both directly with the patients and just working at an organization like yours in general, which is what patients want to see. I mean, they want to see, exactly. they want to see re- realism. They want to be able to connect, put themselves in those shoes, understand what the experience will potentially look like when they walk through the doors, all those things. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I completely agree. What about on the, for going back to digital side on the, on the ads side of things? Cause I know there's obviously introduction of smart campaigns and stuff, obviously Ads platforms are incentivized to make it easier and easier and easier to get into the game from a money spending standpoint. Yep. And um, I'm not going to lie. I mean, I've played around in it a little bit, you know, not not recently, but (laughs) (laughs) I, you know, I've been under the gun for lack of a better term. Several years ago, I know a lot of our doctors were concerned, why am I not coming up first when you're Googling blah, 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 you know, and how how do we make that happen? How do we fix this? And I kind of put that in the same category as SEO development. Um, It's something that changes on a daily basis. You can easily spend a lot of money and get no results. Oh, a lot of bad money. It is. Uh, and Google wants it to be, or whoever you're advertising with, wants it to be as, as frictionless as possible to spend good or bad money. Exactly. Or to not know, you think you know, but you get into it and you and you need to know what your goal is. What, yeah, what I, are you trying to, really what agree. are you counting as a conversion? Yep. You know, how are you checking to see how they got to you? There's a lot of, there's a lot of things to think about there just an intense amount. And I know enough to be dangerous, meaning I know enough to spend a lot of money and probably get no results. <laughs> and so I don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Yep. 
that's that's definitely another thing that you want that expert consultation uh, on. Definitely. Yeah, and 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 because it is really easy. There's just there are literally daily horror stories on, and it ends up getting the platform blamed for losing a lot of money because again, there are so many factors. I think the biggest one is what what is our ultimate goal here? What are we trying to drive? Even is it realistic and are we on the right platforms? There's a lot of things to talk about and think through from a strategic planning standpoint before you go on Google. It's the same with creating a Facebook page and just assuming that people will show up to your Facebook page because you're not willing to invest in content or paying for ads. And that means that you'll get conversions. There's a lot of other things that go into that and that's why you need to think through them and have those conversations before you dive into any of those things. Or I would recommend you stay away from them. And that's for the time being. Oh, 100% agree with you on that one. Well, Christy, thank you so much for uh, for taking some time out of uh, out of your busy day. You can hear your emails pinging in the background. So I know people have been Sorry about that. trying to get a hold of you and everything. That's the, li- it's the, the life that you live in a super busy practice. And obviously, thank you for being such a, a wonderful, non-standing client of ours. But before we wrap up, how can people, and we'll have this in the show notes too, get connected with you or find out more about TOC and, and uh, check out what y'all are doing, um, especially if they're in the orthopedic world and just kind of want to see what y'all have been able to build. Yeah. I mean, um, our website's a great place to start. Top Docs, T-O-C-D-O-C-S.com tells, tells a bit of the story of the practice. I'm going to be telling more of it once we're getting ready to go through another little bit of a refresh there. Anybody that has any questions for me, welcome to reach out in. I'm Christina Parker on LinkedIn. So with a K and you'll know it's me because TOC is in my banner on my LinkedIn also. So yeah, just reach out. Glad to talk to anybody. Perfect. Well, we'll again, we'll have both of those things in the show notes and, and thank you all for listening today. And thank you again for Christy coming on and talking to us about uh, what you're doing at TOC. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to today's latest episode of the Patient Convert Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and review on your favorite podcast platform. We are on Apple, iTunes, Google, Stitcher, and Spotify, or you can sign up to receive the latest episode via email. Just check it out on my agency website or my personal website. And if you are looking for more amazing healthcare marketing information or just to engage, check us out at entropy.com. And for any of my amazing physician liaisons out there interested in growing their physician referrals or learning the strategy strategies that it takes to build highly engaged physician referral networks. Check out my website, kellynot.com, where I have free webinars, free downloads, and of course, my online physician liaison training course, Physician Liaison University. And as always, I'm a huge believer in connecting, engaging, and supporting one another. And the best way we can do that is networking. And I always, always connect with you guys on social media. And one of my biggest social media platforms is LinkedIn. So feel free to connect with me there on LinkedIn or Instagram or Twitter at Kelly Knott. And thank you guys again for listening to the Patient Convert Podcast with your host, Kelly Knott.